When I woke up this morning and saw all the fog that was surrounding us, I wondered if it was a day like this when Job might have written that first reading that we heard. Job was a prophet who was sent by God to address the difficulties of the world, to take a look at the shadow side, the foggy side, if you will, and to try to assess how a loving and gracious and good God could permit the kind of difficulties that exist in the world. For Job, it was a matter of trying to figure out how he, as a person who tried to live his life faithfully and with a just concern for the people around him, could experience so much pain and sorrow. He lost his wife and his children. He had all of his things taken away from him during the course of his lifetime. And he tried to figure out that experience in relationship to what he knew deep, deep inside of himself, that he was not abandoned by God in the midst of his suffering, but he couldn't quite figure it out. And the more he prayed and the more he tried to understand what the world was like and how he fit in it, he came to recognize that God did not cause the evil, that in fact, suffering and evil are a part of the human experience, but that God is with us in those difficult times, trying to provide for us a kind of hope and a kind of newness that addresses life as it really is, not denying the reality of difficulty, but trying to allow God to be with us as we experience that. And so Job's prophecy is a very important one for humankind to consider because it's very realistic. In the world in which we live today, there are many signs that we are not yet in the kingdom of God, that we have moments like this when we can enter into God's kingdom in faith and trust through the rituals that we hold and observe, but we also recognize that there's a lot of unfinished work that needs to be done. If we allow ourselves to feel as though that's only for us, it can certainly be overwhelming. Even more overwhelming can be the reality of losing hope and thinking that everything is beyond our efforts. What happens in our other two readings today, I think, helps us deal with the truth behind Job's difficulties in looking at the world around him. Because we see Jesus coming into the midst of pain and suffering, in some ways even possession by demons, and being asked to do something about it. And what he immediately does without any kind of question is heal Simon's mother-in-law, the people who come to the door later, at the night, later in the evening. Jesus approaches them with trust and confidence because he knows himself to be an instrument of God's grace. And because of that, and because of the faith that people place in him, we see great healing occurring. It's also equally important to go on in the gospel and to realize that after that very full evening 
of curing the sick and caring for the demon-possessed and releasing them, Jesus goes off to pray. He needs time to think through what's going on. He needs to communicate with God and try to figure out how he can continue to bring hope and peace into this very real situation of people's suffering and desperation. And it's in prayer that he discovers more strength to do what needs to be done. And so he and the disciples go off and continue to find people in need who need to see the power and presence of God in the midst of their lives. St. Paul tells the early Christian community, and the church tells you and me today, that that's also our function as baptized people, because we are the body of Christ. We are the presence of Christ in the world today. We are responsible for bringing hope and goodness and light into this very real world in which we live, and to trust that God is doing something through us, through you and through me, and the efforts we make to try to see hope and justice in the world. In fact, to try to be hope and justice to the world. Paul puts it this way, I'm under commission to preach the word of God. Even if I don't want to do it, I have to do it. And I recognize that if I do it with faith and trust, it will be a bit easier. But even if I do it reluctantly, there are people who are going to be looking at me for the kind of example that God entrusts me to give to others. So too, you and I. We come here today to be nourished, not as singular people wanting just our own salvation, but as people who through baptism have a responsibility to the world in which we live to trust that God is working through us, through you and through me, to bring about transformation, goodness, and light. If we have any hope for the future in this very real world in which we live, it needs to be because we recognize that the power that we receive in the Eucharist is enough to help us like Peter, Andrew, James, John, Mary, Veronica, all those many, many people who have become mentors and models for us as people of faith. Every bit as much as they were able to achieve good, you and I are called to do that. We need to trust in the power of the Lord's life, in our life, and we need to recognize that every effort we make is an action by God in the world to prove that light overcomes darkness, that goodness overcomes problems, that yes, prayer allows us to be strong enough to do what we need to do to let God be in the world.